only thing wrong with celebrating history is that not everyone agrees with what is being celebrated. Take the current global celebration of the 70th anniversary of the ending of the Second World War. Even the dates are questionable. Russia chose to celebrate VE, Victory in Europe Day, on May the 8th, perhaps hoping to conceal the fact that Russian troops were still fighting in Manchuria and in the Kuril Islands when the Second World War actually ended in September. China could not agree to Hong Kong opting for August the 30th as the day for celebration, but that was the day the Royal Navy arrived back to negate President Franklin Roosevelt's promise to return the colony to China immediately after the war and, in effect, to postpone Hong Kong's return for 52 more years. As far as I know, no one has suggested that since Russia and Japan have never signed a peace treaty, any celebrations of the end of World War II would in fact be premature. Other celebrations are evidently set for July the 15th, the day when Emperor Hirohito, reacting to the grim news from Hiroshima and Nagasaki, ordered the initial Japanese moves towards ending the war. Conceivably, the final end of World War II will be appropriately commemorated on September the 2nd with a reenactment of the ceremony on the surrender deck of the battleship USS Missouri as it floats majestically, not now in Tokyo Bay, but in the place where World War II finally became a global struggle, Pearl Harbor. Against this background, a strange thing happened on May the 1st, 2015. In a headline story, the South China Morning Post reported that US presidential aide Ben Rhodes had told NHK, Japan's national broadcaster, that the White House was evaluating the possibility of Obama visiting Hiroshima. The US has a profound respect for how meaningful a visit to Hiroshima is to the Japanese people and particularly the city's residents, Rhodes reportedly said. What was strange was that nowhere on the internet could I find any newspaper or news agency that carried this story. A few weeks before the 70th anniversary of the dropping of an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and no one else reported that a presidential aide was hinting at a possible Obama visit? Almost certainly, since there was no follow-up anywhere, the Post story may have been in error. But what would be stranger still would be if Obama was thinking again of going to Hiroshima despite his experience when he last considered that possibility in 2009 and quickly learned of the probable political hazards. Reportedly then, a Japanese vice minister informed the US administration that any such visit was a non-starter, but I have no confirmation of that. Sometimes President Obama leaves one wondering whether he has a sure and steady grasp of real politik, that is, politics based on realities rather than on ideals. Obama seems more at home with the big moral issues, great uh, Christian-Muslim harmony, global warming and climate change, the reduction and eventual elimination of nuclear weapons. Of course, Obama's lengthy presidential campaign in 2008 also indicated a sure grasp of the real politique of American electoral politics. 
Just ask Hillary Clinton, whom he defeated in the primaries. But then there are other occasions when Obama does seem naive. One such occasion came a day before he began a visit to Japan in 2009. While still in the U.S., Obama was interviewed by NHK, Japan's National Public Broadcasting Corporation. Since the full text was not made available, it is not possible to know precisely why Obama said what he said. Was he responding to a question or making a statement? Whatever it was, his willingness as president to visit the atom bomb cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki was made clear. Quote, the memories of Hiroshima and Nagasaki are etched in the minds of the world and I would be honoured to have the opportunity to visit those cities at some point during my presidency, unquote. Obama added, Unfortunately, I can't visit this time because my schedule is so compressed. If Obama said anything more than this to NHK, then it went unreported. Was his desire to visit Hiroshima and Nagasaki an off-the-cuff Obama remark, or was he talking then about an initiative he had already discussed with his foreign policy advisers? For Hiroshima and Nagasaki remain an exceedingly tricky undercurrent in the US-Japan relations. Just how tricky was indicated by the first triple-barreled question directed at Obama a couple of days later at his press conference in Tokyo with then-Prime Minister Yukio Hatoyama. The Fuji television correspondent, after asking about US bases in Okinawa and about North Korea, directed his third question at Obama, quote, you are a proponent of a nuclear-free world, and you've stated, first of all, you would like to visit Hiroshima and Nagasaki while in office. Do you have this desire? And what is your understanding of the historical meaning of the atomic bombing in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Do you think that it was the right decision? Unquote. Obama replied, carefully avoiding any historical judgment, quote, now, obviously, Japan has a unique perspective on the issue of nuclear weapons as a consequence of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and that, I'm sure, helps to motivate the Prime Minister's deep interest in this issue. I certainly would be honoured. It would be meaningful for me to visit those two cities in the future. I don't have immediate travel plans, but it's something that will be meaningful to me. You had one more question, and I'm not sure I remember it. Was it North Korea? The Fuji television correspondent repeats the question he once answered, quote, Do you believe it was right that the US dropped a nuclear weapon on Hiroshima and on Nagasaki? For the second time, Obama completely ignored the Hiroshima-Nagasaki question and instead remembered the question on Korea. Again, one would love to know. Had Obama been warned by his staff after the initial NHK interview of the political minefield into which he had perhaps naively strayed? Or was it Obama's own innate sense of realpolitik that belatedly warned him he was heading where he did not really wish to go? One gets a clearer indication of the political risk that Obama was running by the comments at that time by the leader of the group of atomic bomb survivors in Hiroshima, also reported by NHK.
Quote, I want Obama to visit us as soon as possible. We don't need his apologies or such. For us, it's good enough to see a man who has influence in the world saying that it was wrong to use atomic bombs. Of course, the real politique of the situation is that President Obama could only have said it was wrong for the Americans to use atomic bombs in the context of 1945 at the very real risk of saying goodbye to any chance he might have had then of winning a second term in 2012. Most Americans would see any such statement as equivalent to an apology. That is why no sitting U.S. president has visited Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Former President Jimmy Carter did visit the Hiroshima Memorial, but only after he left office following his defeat. Former Vice President Richard Nixon did too, before he became president, when he was only a private citizen no longer representing the U.S. The simple truth which American voters know but which Japanese voters, especially those in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, tend to forget, is that however abhorrent nuclear weapons dropped on civilian populations may be, their use in 1945 saved lives. The only way in which Obama might be able to visit Hiroshima or Nagasaki, it would still be a grave political risk, would be if he was willing to use the occasion to make a speech forcefully reminding the Japanese of what they prefer to forget, that in early August 1945 the Japanese militarists were still very much in charge, busily organising the nation for a fight to the finish which they hoped might, somehow or other, persuade the Americans and the British to sue for peace. The military bloodbaths which had just concluded in Iwo Jima and Okinawa were to be repeated in Kyushu and Honshu. All available citizens as well as troops were being mobilised to defend against the expected US amphibious assault on Kyushu when it came later in 1945. The same preparations were already underway against the expected follow-up attack on Honshu. While those two bloody battles raged, Allied air forces would have caused countless casualties, dropping conventional bombs all over Japan. The fire bombing of Tokyo in March 1945 by itself had caused more civilian deaths than the 100,000 or so who died immediately in Hiroshima. So President Harry Truman took the obvious, though difficult, decision to drop just two nuclear bombs in the belief that they would ultimately limit the bloodshed and save lives. They did. The atomic bombs also gave Emperor Hirohito the will as well as the power to finally overrule the militarists and to order Japan's surrender. In any such speech, Obama's oratorical skills would be severely tested, for we would have to tell the Japanese audience it was war itself that was wrong and what should be apologised for, and that it was the Japanese militarist sneak attack on Pearl Harbour in 1941 which was the ultimate cause of Hiroshima and Nagasaki's atomic suffering. The near impossibility of any American leader communicating thoughts like these today is one reason why, until now, no sitting U.S. president has visited Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Former President Gerald Ford briefly considered going, but deferred to the advice of key officials. Presumably, Obama has done the same, at least until now.
The Obama administration may be navigating in uncharted territory, knowing only that one reason many Japanese still have difficulty seeing themselves as former aggressors against Asia and against the United States is because they are too preoccupied seeing themselves as the victims of the first use of nuclear weapons. Attacking the political escapism that flows from this well-cultivated sense of Japanese victimhood could be hazardous. How the war ended has been used to dissolve guilt for how the war started. Inevitably, the overall picture was much clearer to President Harry Truman as he addressed Americans by radio on August the 9th and said, quote, I realised the tragic significance of the atomic bomb. Its production and its use were not lightly undertaken by this government. Having found the bomb, we have used it. We have used it against those who attacked us without warning at Pearl Harbor, against those who have starved and beaten and executed American prisoners of war, against those who have abandoned all pretense of obeying international laws of warfare. We have used it in order to shorten the agony of war, in order to save the lives of thousands and thousands of young Americans. We shall continue to use it until we completely destroy Japan's power to make war. Only a Japanese surrender will stop us, unquote. Eighteen days later, Japan formally surrendered to the Allied powers.